the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. Thank you for tuning in. We have an incredible guest today, and you will definitely be blessed. Um, but we don't want you to leave for the latter part of the show where we will be coming out of Daniel chapter 11. And without further ado, we have a, an incredible person. Um, I, I love her, Missy Batch Elder. And she uh, has this experience that'll blow you away. Um, back in December um, the 30th, it hasn't even been a month yet, you had this incredible uh, experience that happened to you. Um, and we're going to get into it. You, you died. The the hospital has you clinically dead, no pulse, no breathing, no anything for 20 minutes. Um, George, your husband, Batch Elder, um, was reviving you, found you on the floor, um, and it was at least 10 to 15 minutes before they came. So you died from anywhere from a half hour to maybe even 40 minutes, as far as we know, and that's the mercy of God. I know that at one point the doctor said that if you, if they brought you back, that there was no way you were going to have all your senses, that you were probably going to be a vegetable to put it in, you know, biblical or not biblical terms, but medical terms is what they said. But I I don't want to take too much time. Uh, Missy, um, let's start off. uh, Where are you from? And then we'll get into the story as uh, we get uh, speaking somewhere. I'm, I'm born in Phoenix, Arizona at Luke Air Force Base, a military baby. Military baby. Well, thank your parents. for Your dad, <laughs> was it your dad that served? Yeah, he was in the Air Force. That's awesome. And so you were there in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, how long? Until I was 15. 15. You actually even got your GED in, in Arizona. Yeah. And then you moved to where? Well, moved out here to California in Chula Vista. To Chula Vista. And what did you do in Chula Vista? Um, well, we hung out there for a few years. I went to Miracosta Junior College for a while and started getting some ECE units to help children with special needs and become a school teacher. That's amazing. That's that's pretty powerful. Well, praise God, you've had a great life up until this moment. And this is what I, I want our audience to know that up until this moment, your heart was perfect. Actually, a little bit before that. Um, you had gone through uh, the dentist and they took out a tooth and you had an infection and they messed up and it, the uh, what's it called? What happened? Okay. So in March in 2022, I went, I was actually working at the school at the church 
there with you guys. And I went to get a, a random, a, just a tooth pulled and it was infected. And the dentist chose not to put me on antibiotics prior to, but to start it after they removed the tooth. And doing so, it created a septic shock because the infection went straight in my bloodstream. And I really got sick. So I had to go to the ER that day. You went to the ER and they found something was wrong with your heart. It had been infected or how, how does that yes, work? Yes, it was a mess. I had colitis. I, um, at first they were going to do emergency surgery to remove my appendix, but then they realized I had heart problems as well. So they dug a little deeper and realized that it, the infection had attacked three of my uh, blood valves in my heart. So I had three leaky heart valves. And con- developed congestive heart failure. So, but up until that point, to this dentist uh, messing you up like that, you were perfectly well. Nothing was wrong with you. Yes, that's for sure. I was fine. I was running on all cylinders and didn't have even an arrhythmia or anything. My heart was fully intact and a hundred percent. So, um, I, I want to come back to. Uh, um, as we get into this story, because it's amazing. I, and I want our audience to to know what you experienced while you were dead, clinically dead. Um, but before we get there, uh, when was your moment when I wanted, a, I want to call it an aha moment, but when was your moment when you came to Jesus? Actually, it was when I was six years old. What? Yeah. I, um, my mom was always really sick. She had a tumor in her pituitary gland, and so it made her very ill. And my dad left early. And at eight years old, I became a cosine power of attorney. I had three older brothers, and one was mentally retarded. And so I took care of my older brothers and my mom. You were taking care of everybody? Yeah. At the age of what? Eight and a half. Eight and a half years old. And Learned how to write a check and all that fun stuff. And your father had taken off already. Yeah, my dad left. Wow, that was tough. And so you grew up very quickly. Yeah. You were basically robbed of your childhood. You didn't have one. No, I try to be, that's why I enjoy being with the kids because I feel like a big kid and I get to still be a kid a little bit with them. Amen. Enjoy life. <laughs> Amen. So I, I, I want to make sure we get to, to this place because I, I, I want our audience to know that that you experienced heaven, but um, you were uh, always around children. You worked at, at the Cross Church as a... As a Sunday school teacher. Amen. So how was that? I loved it. Amen. How long did you do that for? Uh, since COVID, since 2019. So probably about, well, yeah, you should say 2019 because they actually was released earlier. Yeah. 2020s when they shut us down, um, released from China, from the Wuhan laboratory for sure. We all know that. The government can't even hide this no more. Uh, but so you were around children, um, but I want to even go a little bit further back so that it makes sense as we begin to talk about your story. You gave your life to Jesus. Did somebody lead you to Jesus or was it just? Yes, actually, because my mom was really ill, she wasn't really driving us to church. There was a church bus that came and picked up my neighbors and I spent the night over at their house and they took me with them to church on the church bus. Wow. So it's just a bunch of kids going to church on the bus. Hey, man. So what happened? You heard a message or? or... Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. It was called South Mountain Christian Church. Shout out to them. Amen. (laughs) 
And uh, they they came and they called me down and uh, asked Jesus in my heart. And I was there for a few years and it was it was life changing. This was in Arizona. Yeah. Wow. Okay, you're back in California. You're you're serving the Lord. You're you know you had this crazy thing happen to you. Um, you're married to an amazing man um, named George. How did you and George meet? <laughs> well, that was at, we were going to New Venture Christian Fellowship at the time, and my husband and I we shared a Bible study class together. Sean Mitchell was a pastor. Yep, I love That's that man. Correct. Amen. And uh, we attended a Bible study together, and. I had asked him because he. I found out he was a handyman and did construction. So I just asked him if he could come and help me because at that point, my mom was legally blind and in an electric scooter. And so she had put holes using her scooter into the walls and like damaged the front door screen and things like that. So I asked George to come over to fix up the, the house from her. I think that's like on purpose probably. <laughs> it was a twinkle eye, twinkle eye. Ah. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord, you met in church then. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, how long have you been married now to George? Since, how long has it been? It's been four years at least, yeah. Four years. So you got married in 2019 or 2018? 2019. 2019. Okay, well, praise God. I, I love your husband, a good man, a uh, probably the best electrician I know and can also do other things uh, absolutely, you know, within a house and can build and construct. Uh, you're very blessed and he's very blessed to have you. Now let's go to December um, 30th when you had this thing that happened to you. Tell me what was happening before you dropped um, well, I really don't remember that morning. I asked my husband what had happened, and he said that I was having heart problems in the morning, and I had actually threw up and was feeling terrible, and I was telling him I, something was wrong, and I needed to go to the hospital, and I didn't want to go to the hospital, so I was upset. So you were kind of wrestling with George, because yeah. George wants to take you, you don't want to go, and I'll get over this, but, but you were feeling sick. And your heart now had been messing with you for a few years because of the dentist thing. And before that, you were perfectly healthy. So what did George tell you happened? Well, he told me he was going to use the bathroom and then um, take me to the hospital. So I, when he was in the restroom getting ready to take a shower and get, get me to the hospital, he said that he heard a thud. And he said he called my name out a few times. And started to panic because I didn't respond. And so he came out and he said he saw me, um, that I had collapsed in front of the nightstand with kind of face first into the nightstand. Wow. So you were out on the face stand. Yeah. I, you know, I talked to George uh, when this happened. He actually called me and, and I, I just praise the Lord that I was one of the guys that, or the first guy that was able to pray with George and you know, asking God to give you life and to bless you and to, because he says, Missy is dead. Missy is dead. Wow. George is crying. Missy is dead. She's unresponsive. She's dead. And he's, and he's, and he's giving you CPR. The phone is next to him as he's speaking with me. And, and I'm just trying to comfort George. I'm, I'm, you know, praying for you and God bless you. God, don't let this happen to George. I love George. I, I think this would have tore George up. You know, and, and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, 
that God brought you back to life, but he worked on you. I mean, we were on the phone eight, nine minutes. And prior to that, he already had started working with you. You were unresponsive. He, he has uh, uh, the, the medics on the phone and he's, he's pumping you. He's giving you CPR and, and he broke some ribs as George is a big man. Yeah. Six two, six three, and yeah. you know, uh, almost uh, two fifty. Just big man, you know. Praise the Lord, but it, but it saved you because he was persistent, and even though you were still dead, he was still doing his best. Um, they get there, they pick you up. You don't know anything. They take you to the hospital. Tell me what happened because you know you were dead at least eight minutes that I know of, and and then and they. The emergency crew still had to get to the ambulance, so it could have been 15, even longer, 20 minutes before they got there. They have you clinically dead before they were ever able to bring you to back to life when they showed up for 20 minutes. Yeah. And so what happened? You obviously, we you've talked to me a little bit. You know, I, I was privileged, my wife and I, to come see you and uh, visit at the hospital. Thank you. Um, which was, you know, amazing, but you go out, you're in this other place. Tell us what happens. Well, they had to do nine cycles of a defibrillator. That's the shocking paddles on you. And each cycle is two times per cycle. And they did the cycle nine times to try to get my heart jump started. Um, I, they rushed me over to Tri-City Hospital and uh, they stuck a ventilator down my throat to keep me alive. And uh, Once they brought you back to life. Yeah, once they brought me back to life, they finally got a pulse and brought me back. And I was on a ventilator for a few days and had like three IVs going, one in each leg and my one in my arm. And it was a, it was a mess. I don't really remember that. I would, they had me heavily sedated. But... When you died, you visited heaven. Yes. And this is what the audience wants to hear. Is there life after death as we know it? A thousand percent. Amen. And so the Bible is very clear that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so you die. And I, I want to, when when you wake up while you're, because, you know, we literally are, our soul never dies. It's either you end up in heaven or you end up in hell. That's the sad truth about this. But no, God never condemns anyone to hell. You end up in heaven and we want to hear. So the first thing you see is what? Well, it was hazy in the very beginning. I saw a few glimpses of like a beautiful sunrise colors, like the most amazing sunrise and endless clouds and like this fine glitter, almost like pixie dust, like a rose gold color. And just this beautiful, endless sunrise, just amazing. So there's colors like unexplainable that probably are not even here on earth that you saw. Exactly. Because I, everyone that, that has an experience and, you know, loves the Lord or, or, you know, have accepted Jesus into their heart, have these heavenly experiences. And so you see these amazing colors and uh, a sunrise that is and you describe it as a sunrise because that's the best way you can to describe all of this wonderful light you see. Yeah, it was otherworldly. And then all of a sudden, 
when I when things became clear, I would seem to be in this room because there was a wall. It was about five inches thick. It was kind of opaque, and but there was no ceiling. I guess you don't need a ceiling in heaven, right? Because but but there's <laughs> walls, but there you can almost see through the walls as yeah. well. But you know there walls. Yeah. So I know I'm in this room, and I know it's important, and it's like um, like almost like a council meeting or something. And there were these beings there, angelic beings, and they were just a glow, like like made of sunshine. And they didn't; they were really bright, not blinding bright. Nothing was bright white. Everything was just beautiful, golden shades, and and amber, and just just pure bliss and beauty. And there was; they were standing around in a circle, and um, they were very peaceful. And they didn't communicate using their their words. They communicated using their hands, not like sign language, but almost like when you hold, extend your hands out, like for a to hold a Bible or something like that, or to receive something. They would extend their hands out. Like to, you're, you're holding your hands like a cup. Yeah, like a like out, and they would show show each other in the group, and somehow I could understand them. Without even speaking. Yes. No one was speaking in words. But you could understand. Yes, completely. And everybody was communicating like that. And they would all just extend their hands and um, communicate to each other about about my life and about me. So could you hear them um, in your head? Because it's not vocal, but you just could know what they were saying with their hands out. And was your life plain yes. in front of you, your whole life? Yeah, it was. I, they were trying to show why I should um, come back. I, you know, things, highlights about my life or uh, things about my life, about me. And things, you know, I don't know if it was things to come, but it was definitely, they were all had something that they were sharing and they were in around a circle and three of them were different than the others. They were different. They shone. They shined differently. It, it, it sounds like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because um, they're you, they're different from the rest of the angelic beings. That they were bigger. That they were bigger. So hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas, and we are we have our guest who literally died clinically dead for twenty minutes from what from when the doctors or the emergency crew got to her house and then took her. To the hospital, but she was already dead before that. It could have been as long as 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes longer than that. Um, but here we are. We're, we're in the middle of a conversation. You're telling us what you experienced. So did you know who Jesus was? Yes, I did. And there was one point when I was able to extend my hands out as well and to show. And that's when one of the uh, the larger beings the ones that were different got closer to me and I, I realized he had hair and his hair was um, all aglow and lit up kind of not, not like fire, like embers. It was just, it's hard to describe. It just was so beautiful to see as golden. And um, I just felt this peace that I, I can't even begin to describe and this complete love and knowing and feeling understood in a way that I've never felt understood before. Like like he knew your heart at that point. 
Yes. He knew everything about you. Yes, and this sense of love and but the sense of understanding and knowing me and this this warm uh, cozy feeling when I was there and none of them were in a hurry. It was just like this perfect peace in the room and um you knew <laughs> you knew you were amongst angels and so you're in this you're in his presence um, do you remember anything that the angels said to you or the conversation they were having? Yes. After I extended my hands out to Jesus, to, to Jesus, he, I felt him say, not yet. And then I came back. So at that point you came back. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. You had the privilege of seeing Jesus. Did you see his face and what he looked like or? Was it just the glow and just the beauty of the hair? And uh, could you recognize any features or anything? Uh, the eyes a little, but it was really bright. And I could see the heart in his eyes, the love in his eyes. So you could see the love in his eyes. It was just a beautiful experience that you had. Yes. And, and so you, you come back and um, you're back in your body. Um, the, this experience could have lasted a long time. And right now you're still putting things together. This this is less than a month ago when this incident happened to you. They held you there for a little over three weeks. You've only been out of the hospital for a week now. And and here you are. Yeah. They, I experienced two uh, mini strokes when I was in there. And they're still trying to get rid of the blood clots and stuff. But one day at a time, so they've got you, the glory. So you still have some blood clots that you're dealing with that they're still trying to get rid of and... Inside of your body. Yeah, and I'm waiting for a heart transplant, so I'm on the wait list for that now. So that's amazing. I'm sure they shot you up to the top after this experience. So right now you're waiting for a heart. Yeah. You know, God's going to give you an incredible heart because you have an incredible testimony that's definitely going to bless a lot of people because you don't meet a person like yourself. I mean, you love the Lord you had an opportunity to be in heaven, and it's just a beautiful thing. How do you view life now? We have a few minutes. Well, I just, I, I'm so thankful for everything, the sunshine, the fresh air. It put a new um, love of life. It may, definitely made me more tenderhearted just to appreciate every moment. It's a, it's a true gift, and to uh, be able to pray and have that same communication that I had with him up there and the opportunity that we have down here to still connect with him in a special way is, um, it's life changing. We've talked, you are a hundred percent that you saw Jesus. Yes. And that you felt an incredible peace on the other side. That is awesome. Praise Amen. God. Praise God. You know, Missy, thank you for being on the show. We have two minutes. I want you to encourage our audience before we go to the to the latter part of the show. I just wanted to say that God is real and God is so good and heaven is real and it's so beautiful. It's a place everyone wants to be because there's this peace up there. And if you have loved ones up there, just know they're in total bliss and harmony and love and just a love that you can't, you can't get in this world. You can't find it. 
only through Jesus. Wow. Thank you so much. Missy Batch Elder, you are an incredible person, and your testimony is going to bless thousands upon thousands. And God has so much more for you. And I'm believing God to give you a brand new heart. Um, he gave you an opportunity to be there. And I am I'm believing that God wants you to share your story. And I thank you so much for being here. And Thank you. And, and I know you're going to be a blessing to all those around you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Missy. We, we love you. Thank you so much. If you want to meet Missy, you can come to At The Cross Church and you can meet her. She's an incredible person, um, loves the Lord. Her husband is a big old teddy bear. Uh, George, love him. Go ahead. Can I say one last thing? I just Please. wanted to thank everybody for their prayers and their support and their love. And I wanted to thank a huge shout out to my amazing husband that brought me back. And just I love you guys. And God is so good. Keep praying. God is good. We will be right back with Daniel chapter 11. We love you. God bless you. Heaven is for real. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. You just had an incredible opportunity to hear it from someone who died clinically dead for 20 minutes from the time the uh, the emergency crew got to her house and got her to the hospital when they brought her back to life. But as far as I know, Missy died. George, call me while Missy had died. We began to pray and God breathed life back into her. And that could have been anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes, even 20 before the ambulance got there. So again, now we pick it up in Daniel chapter 11. And Daniel chapter 11 is a really powerful chapter. Um, thank you for all of those that have been on this journey with, with us. Hawaii, San Diego, thank you so much. And it's because of your faithful listening that you are getting this show to the top of the charts. Praise the Lord. Daniel chapter 11, uh, again, we finished 10 last week and we saw how Daniel had gone on a fast and and, and now God is about to reveal what is going to happen and already spoke to him about him. A lot of uh, critics from this point on 
will tell you that this part got written later on, that there's no way that Daniel could have prophesied this part of portion of Scripture so accurately without it already had happening. But as we know, Daniel prophesied this and wrote this, and and we know that God knows the future like none other, because only God knows it. Satan doesn't know it. A diviner who works for him doesn't know it. Or horoscope, who's an offshoot of Satan, can't tell you the future. But today, we will see Daniel's dream being revealed. And without further ado, Daniel chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Also, I in the first year of Darius, the Med, even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him. Daniel is telling us right after this, he's strengthening. He's about to bring out this, this revelation that he had been with Darius and that he was the one that had strengthened him during his kingship that first year. But Daniel now stands retired. He's in the third year, but here he reverts to let you and I know that he had helped and stood to confirm and strengthen Darius. And it goes on. And now I will show thee the truth. Behold, there shall stand up yet three kings in Persia, and the fort shall be far richer than they all. And by his strength, through his riches, he shall stir up all against the realm of Grecia or Greece. Now, it's important for us to see here that it shows, show thee the truth. It, it is in detailed what, what Daniel is given us. And he's given us the most imp- important part of this period of time that was several hundred years that he spoke with such clarity. Now, these strings, these three kings um, that succeeded Cyrus, um, you know, and Darius, who was ruling for him at that time, was uh, were these. Cambus, he served from 529 to 522 B.C. for seven years. Um, no, no one also in the terms of his title, Ahasuerus, and we can see that in Ezra 4.6. Smyrtes, who served from 522 to 521 for a year, also known by his title, Artaxes, Ezra 4.7. And Darius Hytapsis served from 521 to 485 B.C., who served the longest of these guys. And he's mentioned in Ezra 4.24. And again, you know, God has given this amazing, accurate, accurate wood to him. Now, the fourth king that we just read in 11.2 uh, was Xerxes, and he served from 486 to 465 B.C. Um, he was notorious for his campaigns um, when he marched into Greece and, you know, never really conquered them, but they was he was notorious for constantly bugging them and sending army military over and ships to try and defeat him, but um, suffered defeat. He eventually suffered defeat. He is, he is no doubt probably the same as Ahasuerus, who was the king in Esther's day. And, and that's awesome. And you can read that in Esther 1.1. Now, 
as we continue in verse 3, it says, And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. Now, who is this mighty king that shall stand up and shall rule with great dominion after these four kings that succeeded Darius and Cyrus? Uh, this was none other than, of course, we all know him as Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, and he, um, you know, got into power uh, when his father passed from, and he served from 334 to 323 BC, and he was, had conquered the known world at that time, and was only 32 when he passed, um, he was also the goat of Daniel's prophecy in Daniel chapter 8, 5 to 7, and in verse 21 as well of Daniel chapter 8. Now, as we read 4, it says, And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken. He shall be divided toward the four winds of heaven, and not to his posterity, nor according to his dominion, which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up even for others Beside those, so his kingdom, when he died, his four generals took over, and to the four winds of heaven, you know, they they ruled, and and they had some pretty nasty stuff that went on with them. You know, the of course we know that um, two of those divisions were Polemi one, and who ruled in Egypt, and Seleucus who ruled. Uh, Seleucus one who ruled in Syria. Again, it's an incredible prophecy to see how um, Daniel is speaking and giving us word. And the king of the south shall be strong. Um, of course, the, the king of the south is none other than, than Seleucus one in Syria and shall be strong. And one of his princes, he shall be strong Above him and have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion. Now, the king of the north, excuse me, was Seleucus, became stronger than Polypme. Polypme was the king of the south. Each line continued through many successors, successors, but only um, Daniel just gave us the main characters as he's given us this prophecy, but he, he hits it to uh, the T. And it was amazing how Daniel was able to give us this prophecy. Now, and in the end of the year, they shall join themselves together for the king's daughter of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement. And we, the king's daughter here refers uh, to Bernice, Bernice, and she was the daughter of Polypme, uh, of Philadelphia, Polypme II, who was married to Antichus Theos, um, the third king of Syria, uh, and so many intrigues and assassinations and plots and madness happened during this period of time, but we see it very clear. But he shall not retain the power of the arm, neither shall he stand nor his arm, but he shall be given up, and they that brought her, he that beget her, and he that strengthened her in these times and look at seven seven says this but out of the branch of her roots shall one stand up in his estate which shall come with an army 
the branch of the roots, this was the brother of Bernice, uh, Polypne Energetus, and he was the successor of Polypne of, of Philadelphus, who um, had invaded and in, in sacked Syria in revenge for the assassination of Bernice. Wow. This is an incredible uh, piece of, of literature and historical fact that it happened and shall enter into the fortress of the king of the north and shall deal against them and shall prevail. And now we go on and it says, and shall carry captives into Egypt, their gods and their princesses, and when their precious vessels of silver and of gold, and he shall continue more years than the king of the north. So the king of the south shall come into his kingdom and shall return into his own land. Now look what it says in 10. But his sons shall be stirred up. Now his sons, um, sons of the northern kingdom, um, would soon become known as Antichus the Great, one of them. And he became king of Syria. And he obviously passed through Israel to get to Egypt. Shall stir up and shall assemble a multitude of great forces and one shall certainly come and overflow and pass through. Then shall he return and be stirred up even to his fortress. 11 says this, And the king of the south shall be moved with choler and shall come forth and fight with him, even with the king of the north. Now, I love it. Daniel's hitting it, this stuff to the T. Now, the king of the south, Polypne, Phil Potter, gathered his own army and defeated defeated the approaching Syrians, as as we see here, because it says, even with the king of the north, he shall set forth a great multitude, but the multitude shall be given into his hand. And when he had taken away the multitude, and his heart shall be lifted up, and he shall cast down many ten thousands, but he shall not be strengthened by it, for the king of the north shall return and shall set forth a multitude, a multitude greater than the former, and shall certainly come after certain years with a great army and with much riches. And in those times, there shall be many stand up against the king of the south. Also, the robbers of thy people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision, but they shall fall. Now, 15 is gives us a, a, another clue. So the king of the north. Now, remember, the, the king of the north, Antichus the Great, returned again with a larger army in order to reach Egypt. Um, and he had to go through Israel, you know, in order to take control of, of Egypt. And it says, and shall come and cast up a mount, take the most fenced cities and the arms of the South shall not withstand either his chosen people, neither shall there be any strength to withstand. Now, I, 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 I want to thank you for tuning in with Freedom with Adam Riojas, but I also want you to know that history is important. And it's important enough that it's penned here by Daniel and he's given us this history that took place between, you know, uh, after the the release of the Jews back to their land and the uh, and when they were conquered by Rome eventually before Jesus' time. But he that cometh, 16 says this, but he that cometh against him shall do according to his own will and none shall stand before him, and he shall stand in the glorious land. What is the glorious land? Of course, it's Israel. Israel is the glorious land, which 
um, which is, again, repeatedly devastated by the Egyptian and the Syrian armies with the ongoing wars that were happening in between them, which by his hand shall be consumed. 17 says this, and 17 is, again, one of those key uh, verses as we read it. He shall also set his face to enter with the strength of his whole kingdom, an upright one with him. Thus shall he do, and he shall give him the daughter of women, corrupting her, but she shall not stand on his side, neither be for him. Now, that's an incredible prophecy. The daughter of woman. Now, this was the first Cleopatra. The first Cleopatra um, was then a child and eventually given over in marriage. She was the daughter of Antichus, and he eventually you know, married Polypme Epiphanes, the son of the Egyptian king, who had enlisted the Romans to help him in opposing Antichus. When the wedding was eventually consummated, and, and they went to war with each other, Cleopatra, check this out, sided with her husband against her father. Just like the scripture reads out and says this, and she shall not stand on his side, on her father's side, neither be for him. Incredible. Scripture is so amazing. 18 says this, After this shall he turn his face unto the isles and shall take many, but a prince of his own behalf shall cause the reproach offered by him to seize without his own reproach. He shall cause it to turn upon him. Then he shall turn his face toward the fort of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and not be found. Then shall stand up the estate of raiser of taxes, <laughs> IRS, in the glory of the kingdom. But within a few days, he shall be destroyed, neither in, neither in, in anger nor in battle. Now, that's, again, awesome. Uh, the prince, Sisipio Asiticus um, was the leader of the Roman army in Asia Minor, um, defeated, of course, the large uh, naval forces brought to him by Antichus. Antichus, again, was later slain um, when he was trying to raise tribute for the Romans because, remember, they, had, they were taxing him, and we just saw that right there. Read it in those scriptures between 18 and 19 and 20. 21 says this, and in his estate shall stand up a vile person. Now, who is this vile person? That vile person was none other than Antichus Epiphanes. He was the second sign of Antichus the Great, and this guy was just mortally de a degrading human being. He usurped the Syrian throne from his own brother by trickery. Now, I've been there before, so I understand when siblings feud and and one thinks they should have something and it really doesn't belong to them and they take it anyways. Now, as we read this incredible passage, it's to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and attain the kingdom by flatteries, and that's exactly what he had done. And what's really crazy, his brother Seleucus Philippar, remember, had been assassinating 
while trying to raise taxes for to pay the Romans in verse 20 in the in the verse before that and that of course the Romans had imposed on his father and he again took it by trickery and Ticus epiphany and we'll read more about him as we go and with the rams of a flood shall they be overflown from men before him and shall be broken yea also the princes of the covenant and after the league made with him he shall work deceitfully for he shall come up and shall become strong with the small people. He shall enter peacefully even upon his father's places of the providence, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil the riches. Yea, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds even for a time. Crazy, but let's continue to read. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army, and the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army, but he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall slain. That's exactly what happened. And both these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be for a time appointed. And we're getting close to some key verses. Then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant. The holy covenant against Israel, against the temple against the Jewish people, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. And look what 29 says. And at that time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former as the latter. Now, as we continue, let me read that again. And at the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south. Now, toward the south, um, Antichus Epiphanes had carried out a successful um, invasion and plundered Egypt completely, completely had had plundered it. And, you know, how, and now he, he was literally being repelled by the Romans. But listen, look what 29 says, and, and it shall not be as a former, as a latter. Um, and 30 says this, for the ships of Shittim shall come, Against him, therefore, he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. So he shall do, he shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsook the holy covenant. These are traitorous Jews that are about to help Antigua's Epiphanes. You know, Epiphanes, he was trying to be deity, and they came alongside him, and the arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary. Of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. You know what this this guy did? He desecrated the temple um, with these traitorous Jews that helped him, sacrificed the pig on the altar, and then put a statue of Zeus in the temple, completely desecrating. Now, 
a lot of people believe that the rest of the scripture, when we start in 36, has already, already been fulfilled. But we know when Jesus spoke of the abomination of desolation in Matthew 24, 15, this event had already taken place. The temple had already been desecrated. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now, what's amazing here is this is where we see where the Maccabees, the Maccabees arise. And this is where we see Hanukkah take its place. And the Maccabee means a word that means hammer. But this is where they begin to rule. And these people ruled because they took over and, and, and waged war against Antichus, defeating him. And from 165 BC to 65 BC, before the Romans took over, they ruled. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by the flame by captivity and the by spoiled many days. Now, many days is speaking about the, the 70 years, and, and we won't get into that now because the lack of time, we're about to close. Now, when they shall fall, they shall be holding with a little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries, lies, and tricks. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white even to the time of the end, to the end time. And that's where we get into verse 36. And that'll be next week where we finish the rest of the chapter because it is yet for a time appointed. It is going to come. And from 36 to 45 will be glorious when we come back next week and finish this off. But again, this was an incredible historical piece of evidence that God is in control and God knows all. And with that, I'm going to have my wife closes in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. You are so amazing, Father God. And and thank you again for just the beautiful testimonies that you send our way, Lord, with, with Missy and, and sharing her testimony, Lord God, to just give so many of us hope that, yes, that heaven is for real. Your word is true. And it transcends time. Father, we thank you and we praise you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you want to see Missy this weekend, come talk to her, come meet her. Remember, she died for 20 minutes, clinically dead from the doctors trying to get her back up. The emergency crew till she got to the hospital. And then before that, 15, maybe even 20 minutes. She will be there. We love you. And there is life after this physical body dies. And there's people that have been there. Missy is one of them. Again, we love you. God bless you. Come see us at the cross in Oceanside, California. We love you. Hawaii, San Diego. God is good. Contact us. We love you. God bless you. At thecross.com. In Jesus' name, bye. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. 
The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 